0: All right. All right. All right. I guess i uh, it's about time to do an introduction for this podcast. I am standing here in front of how many beautiful Senegalese men, about seven Senegalese fellas, my new homies here in Morocco, and uh, standing out front of the beach recording this amazing drum music Watching the sunset. Just got finished doing a little Capoeira breakdown, Afro dance battle with some people, and uh, it's fantastic and beautiful. Today's podcast episode is with Mr. Pedram Shojai. If you don't know who Pedram Shojai is, figure it out. The guy's fantastic. This is, honest to God, one of my absolute favorite podcast episodes that I've done. Yeah, turn my my gain up on here a little bit. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Chick, 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 chick. All right, there we go. And uh, in this conversation, we got into the ins and outs of Chinese medicine, how to move that qi or qi through your body, uh, pharmaceutical drug industry, how Pedram went from being in the sick care industry to now officially blowing up the healthcare industry.
1: The shamans say this, The the, the, the Shaolin guys say this, it's all like, Always act like death is over your left shoulder and live your life to its fullest as if it might end tonight or today or whatever. And um, That way you will be focused, you will be aware, you will be present, and you will be able to be in your body.
0: I love this man. I had a fantastic time chatting with him. I hope you enjoy. Um, In this trip, I am cruising through Morocco currently, just bought a surfboard and uh, had a beautiful handmade surfboard, cloth, case uh, made in the Medina here, so beautiful, the craftsmanship is fantastic. Moroccan culture, very interesting place, Moroccan culture. People are scared of it, uh, of the Muslim culture because of Al-Qaeda and all that stuff. I think that is, a darn shame because these people are incredibly beautiful. Um, I think the religion is is pretty cool in a lot of ways. The five pillars being, you know, praying and giving to, giving to the poor. Uh, Allah is the only God. I don't know about all that stuff. But um, as a whole, I think the religion and the culture is phenomenal here. Every kid loves playing with my skateboard. Everybody is just so sweet. I was just checking out. A Muslim country, ASAP. Um, Please be sure to check out the website AlignTherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N Therapy.com. On there, you will find the blog where I'm documenting various different movement practices that I'm exploring around the world, Africa slash Europe, and uh, I'm tinkering with it, getting down, trying to see if. I can participate in every movement practice I can possibly find it's been awesome Um, check out the videos all of them free and uh, quite enjoyable so says some people and uh, self-care kit if you guys pick that up I greatly appreciate that balls bands uh, all inside of a foam roller and uh, keep your tissue moving fantastically healthy sexy like for the rest of your life Um, please 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 enjoy your life smile live Um, Give your mom a kiss and um, leave iTunes reviews. Subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your family. By the way, one thing that I forgot to mention, I will include all this music at the end of the episode, so please tune in to the end of the episode to hear the rest of this. All right, all right, all right. Get it out there to the world. Trying to make this world a better place. Move that booty. Love your life. Here we go. Podcast episode starting. Nick it, nick it, nick it now. what Align Podcast.
1: You know, it's this is a conversation I enjoy having because you know, it's, everyone thinks it's like, give me the seven tips to weight loss. It's like, give me a right. fucking break. That's not. That's, that's not how it part. works.
0: Right? Exactly, man. Well, cool. Well, we're already recording, so we don't need to do like a stand. I actually just started recording as you said that, so we don't need to do like a super standard, you know, welcome to the show, blah, 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 blah. Um, No, so Pedrum, the one thing. Pedrum, Pedrum. Pedrum, Pedrum Show. Yes. Yep. Is that correct? All right, yes. We'll edit that part out <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> bedroom so you came from you're a convert from the standard sick care model into what I would consider to be more genuine health care is that accurate?
1: Yeah I mean I, I, I fell into that hole <laughs> historically you know I, I always I always thought I was on the right side of the equation but when you fall into the payer model, and start kind of dealing with insurances and the, the kind of the politics that go into the business of medicine, suddenly you find yourself in um, a, a different kind of neighborhood that you didn't really want to walk into. And suddenly, you know, patients are called cases and, and, you know, you're looking at, you know, maximum reimbursement and, oh, well, this diagnosis won't get paid for and all sorts of like kind of business considerations that have nothing to do with uh, the person you're trying to help. And so um, I didn't really enjoy that. And so I left and and went into making movies and writing books and all stuff I do now.
0: Right. Yeah, one of the things I I think I I got this from you is, you know, we're looking at the healthcare industry, but it's more like the healthcare finance industry. You know, it's how do we finance this thing? How do we get the most bang for our buck? You know, a a statistic that I got out of the, I believe it was the Vitality documentary, was for every dollar. That we end up spending on creating pharmaceutical drug, we end up spending a dollar eighty five on you know, the side effects and kind of remedying what's happened to this human species from from
1: that drug. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's not the creation of the drug, but it's actually the prescription, like the consumption of the drug. So it's like you know. Uh, You've got blood sugar management issues, and we know we don't have time to talk to you or uh, you know kind of go through why that would be the case. So here's a drug, and you know we're spending uh, you know for every dollar that we spend on prescribing that drug, um, then you're going to have achy joints, you're going to have digestive issues, you're going to have you know bone density issues, and all the other stuff that ends up selling more drugs. It's I mean it's a genius business model. It's just evil. (laughs) It's just it's just not right. Right. Yeah. I I mean, if you look around
0: the world, most people or a high percentage of people, especially, you know, in the United States, at least what we need is we we need, you know, human connection. We need a hug. (laughs) We need eye Mm -hmm. contact. We need to get our face out of our cell phone. We need to really integrate with each other. You know, I think that so much of what we see in this, you know, sick care industry is people that are missing fundamental foundations of being healthy, like just getting outside, getting sun, having like a normal circadian rhythm, you know, having good, strong relationships. And I think oftentimes when we go to see a doctor, really what we need is we need someone to care. You know, we need someone to look at us and say like, wow, Pedro, I'm like, what's going on? You know, as opposed mm. to hitting us with this various different, like, okay, you need this, that, you're broken because of these reasons, and I can fix you. Is yep. that something that you yep. kind of witnessed?
1: Uh, I mean that's that's the model, right? It's like I don't have time. I got seven minutes, you right. know. So get in, get out. Let me, you know, do my best. And so it's just very, it's it's not humanistic. And um, you know, the the challenge on the other side of that equation is then people go in droves to kind of alt med and kind of you know complementary med and you know all kinds of other practitioners. Um, and just because they're alt med doesn't mean they're good. Right. right, and so there is uh, this tremendous other kind of side industry of people who will just sit there and listen to you and make you feel better, but they might be prescribing a supplement that is actually bad for you, or they might, you know, be telling you to come off a drug which is out of their scope of practice. And so, you know, I don't, I don't think it's all roses on the other side. It's just, you know, there's a lot that we need to figure out. Um, in our healthcare uh, models, and they have to do with, you know, A, practitioners just being better at what they do um, on the alt side, and B, you know, the, the and, and maybe, maybe this isn't the case. Maybe, maybe the Western medical side needs to stay, stay on the, you know, acute management of disease, but all the lifestyle stuff, you know, just needs another place to right. live because if you don't talk about lifestyle, if you don't manage lifestyle, you will have a population of people that have chronic diseases, and you wonder why we're spending trillions of dollars trying to fix stuff that is, you know, preventable.
0: Right. Yeah, and that's what I always say. You know, Western medicine is freaking incredible. You know, like if you if you all of a sudden cut your arm off that buzz saw, like do not see a, a you know a yogi master. Don't see you know, like don't don't even see a naturopathic doctor. See, go to a hospital. You know, it's incredible mm-hmm. that we have that. But what we the confusion is that we recognize the people wearing the white coats as being they are the full spectrum of health. You know, and so if you have <laughs> if you have a headache, if you have a stomachache, if you feel anxious, if anything is going on in your system, this person they they need to know they're the doctor. You know, and it's an interesting thing. You know, doctor means teacher. You know, I think that we need to to recognize that like. We are our best therapists, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we should be seeing doctors, we should be seeing therapists as guides, as compass, you know. And so, one of the things that you do is uh, well, a couple of things that you do is is uh,
1: qigong. It's one of the things. You're a qigong master, is that right? I am I'm i a, I'm a qigong guy. Yeah, <laughs> I've been known I've been known to kick around those circles for a while, and yeah, <clears throat> I've been at this for a very long time. I uh, you know studied with some of the best of the best, and I learned how to. Drink from infinity by stopping time and stepping into my breath. And, um, you know, it's the best medicine I know.
0: Nice. And so what do you suggest for people that are looking to develop their movement practice? Or maybe I think that a movement practice means so much more than just you know, oh, you're going you're gonna to be able to sprint faster. Oh, you're going to, you know, like look sexy in a bathing suit. Like uh, our movement is telling ourselves at a deeper physiological level what's happening here. You mm-hmm. know, so everybody knows the studies. If you're hunched over in a defeated position your cortisol levels go up and testosterone, you know, in, uh, decreases and blah, blah, blah. You know, I feel like everybody knows that. I think we've talked about it before. You know, and so it's what's happening at a deeper level. It's like we're constantly receiving these signals from our structure, our movement, and it's telling our cells what's going on out there. You know, they don't have eyes; their eyes are <laughs> how we move, how we feel. You know, so is 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 so? Do you pronounce it qigong, or you pronounce it qigong? Is it qigong?
1: Qigong, qigong, qigong so yeah. Is Qigong Japanese, total BS? Is that not? The, no, no. The Japanese <laughs> call it Qi. The, the Chinese call it Qi. Okay. So you know, right. I hail from a Chinese tradition, so you know, you got okay. to pay you know pay respect where it's Biology, due thing, right? right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so. What do you suggest to people as far as movement practice goes?
1: Well, you know, like Qigong is my sauce, man. It's, it's what's worked for me. And, you know, I, I love yoga. I love, I love any mind-body integrated movement where you're focusing on what you're doing and you're holding the awareness on where the breath is at and using the breath to integrate your movement. Um, So it's eyes, mind, body, and breath. That's kind of the magic formula for Qigong. So if you... Have your eyes track your movement um, with your mind and your body, and then you coordinate the breath. That's when some powerful things happen. The sensory motor strip lights up. You get all sorts of balance. Um, you know, you get kind of uh, down down regulation of the amygdala, all kinds of things that kind of pull you out of fear, uh, help you kind of bring um, energy up to your prefrontal cortex. I mean, I could geek out on this stuff, but the the good news is, um, once you understand that still water breeds poison, you just got to take the show on the road. You have got to move, and if you do so, man. Life life just starts feeling better. Like you start feeling energy again.
0: Right. Yeah. And so the amygdala is the portion of the limbic system that's you know we, we kind of gauge as being responsible for fear or a part of big part of the fear reflex. And then another important thing with the with the limbic system, you know, is our, a lot of our emotions are governed in this space. And I think it's integrated throughout the whole system really, but our emotions are governed in that space. Also the the tension of our musculature, you know, and so those are integrated systems. How (laughs) tense you are in your body directly relates to how you're feeling at an emotional level and vice versa. You know, so I think it's a very interesting thing that we can knock on the door from both ends. We don't need to just have this one, you know, this is the model because it costs $250. You know, it's like, we can work from the emotional end to relax our body, and we can work from the body end to relax our emotions. Is that something that you've experienced with your practice?
1: Well, to that point, that's why I think uh, qigong, tai chi, yoga, those types of practices um, uh, do so well for the Western mind. Because just sitting there and trying to meditate um, is is brutal for people who have no training, no discipline there, and you know, just had a Dr Pepper, and you know, I've <laughs> been sitting in an office chair for the last thirty years. You know, it's just you you got so many things stacked against you that you got to start working through. So moving while gaining uh, clarity on where your attention and your willpower are focused is a very big part of that equation. Yeah. Um, but you know, most people, and, and you speak to this probably better than anyone, is that. <clears throat> when you start trying to get back on the horse and you're like you know what i'm going to get out there i'm going to start throwing a football around i'm going to start doing this and that and all these types of things that people you know kind of get into this weekend warrior mentality right. um, and there's a history of 15 years at an office chair and 2 hours a day in traffic and all sorts of like upper cross lower cross just body collapsing type of karma if you will right Man, you're gonna you're gonna tear something. You're gonna kill yourself. You're really, really gonna get hurt. And then that's what I see is people get all enthusiastic. Someone you know jumps up and down on, on a stage with some pom poms and gets them excited about you know fixing their lives. They start doing sprints. They pull a hamstring. They hurt their back. They're down for six months. They put on thirty more pounds, and it's just this downward spiral. Next thing you know, the doctor's throwing metformin at them because their blood sugar is out of control. Right. And so, getting functionally fit is the name of the game. And so Qigong is a powerful way to do that, but it's certainly not the only way to do that, right? I like Qigong because it's a good mind-body practice, but then, you know, just working on functional body movements, I like red cord. There's a million things out there that I think are really interesting to get the body um, firing in the right way. And once you've done so, then you could get out there and throw the football again. And you are, you know, feeling good and you're not hurting yourself. So I just, I think that... Um, that's a big problem in, in America and people think that you know no pain no gain um, is a thing. Um, it's okay uh, philosophically if we're talking about pain in a muscle that might have a little too much lactic acid and you're trying to like push your limits but pain in a joint is never good yeah right and so I think that's just been kind of misread and has been lining orthopedic pockets for decades right. Yeah. And so
0: you'd mentioned functional movement. and So I think it's interesting. I've been recently learning about, or whatever. Yeah, I guess you could say learning about uh, past warrior societies. You know, <laughs> so learning about like like Genghis Khan and the Mongols and Spartans and such. And I am so jealous, <laughs> that, and to a certain degree, you know, of just that their lifestyle was movement. Their lifestyle was battle. Their lifestyle was training. Their lifestyle was was you know, learning to be a warrior. Mm And I think that warrior, that can be a metaphor for a lot of things. I think we all are warriors in a sense, you know, but the thing is we've been, we've been so inundated with technology and outsourcing our movement and just all these things. It's like, it's pulling us so far away from that, you know, that, that feeling of passion, that feeling of
1: go battle, you know, and now
0: we're turning into like gerbils,
1: Think of, think of the stakes. I mean, and this is, you know, this happens right now and, and you know, a, a soccer game near you is like, you know, both the winners and losers get a trophy, right? right. Like, I, I'm a lifelong martial artist and, um, you know, when you're training, quote unquote, for battle, you understand that second place usually means a battle axe through your freaking skull, right? right? Yeah. And so the stakes are high right. when you're a warrior. Yeah you know, pretty much as high as they get. And if we don't win this, they're going to go through us back to the village and basically, you know, take our women and children and enslave them and or slaughter them. Right. So, I mean, nothing makes you pay attention better than the risk of imminent death um, to really focus on that. And, you know, the shamans say this, the the, the the Shaolin guys say this, it's all like, always act like death is over your left shoulder sure. and live your life to its fullest as if it might end tonight or today or whatever. Yeah. And, um that way, you will be focused. You will be aware. You will be present, and you will be able to be in your body, right? Absolutely. And so, I think, it, the, the, and the medical industry has made death so abstract. It's like, oh no, 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 we got death. You know what? Right. You get hit by something. The ambulance shows up. We fix it. You know, it's 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 like respawning in a video game. It's just it's nonsense, right? It's not how our our species have has grown and evolved and adapted, and suddenly. Uh, we've distanced ourselves from death and then we wonder you know why cancer we can't beat cancer it's like death is always going to be there yeah. and if you focus on you know your relationship with death your life gets way way more interesting yeah
0: yeah i'm kind of a morbid person in the sense that i think about death a lot and but i think it's great like i think it's a, it's an amazing tool one of my favorite quotes i don't remember who, who started this quote but it was is live life posthumously you know right posthumously like just everything that you do Recognize that you could be dead in 30 minutes. I mean, yeah. What would you be? Do, what would you do if you were going to be dead in 30 minutes? You know, and you're genuinely are going to make some pretty pretty sweet decisions at that point, unless you're like into robbing banks or something.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Even then. <laughs> even even then. then. I mean, yes. people people who sure. are robbing banks are doing it for doing it because they <laughs> the money kind of thing. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, they might just go st- spend that last 30 minutes with their wife and kids. Right. And right. so when all of that stuff falls away, you know what what do you want to be doing with your time and what do you need to do to make that your reality? And so, you know, and that's the warrior's way. Um, So, you know, for me, it's, it's, dreadfully absent in our culture and you know men aren't men and women are trying to be men and you know it's got this weird kind of like gender confusion thing happening and like i love powerful women and i love powerful men like there's just not enough of them because everyone's just confused and stuck at some office chair and it's just you know it's it's lulling us to sleep
0: Right. And then, you know, you get like Malcolm Gladwell, Gladwell and you know outliers and such. It's, it's becoming it's coming to a point where so many I believe that is Malcolm Gladwell. But so many people are in this mold that it's uncomfortable to go outside of the mold because you will be judged. People will stare at you if you are yeah. if you got your headphones on and you're dancing down the streets in Manhattan like. People are going to think you're pretty funny. The fact of the matter is, is you are playing the orchestra that is your human physiology. Your body is lighting up. It's stoked. You know, you, you call it what you will, dopamine and serotonin and blah, blah, blah. Like, your body at every level is lighting up. It appreciates it. Meanwhile, your culture is saying, who the hell
1: is that guy? <laughs> yep. And, and you know what? Those people are going to drink their Coors Light and watch life someone else's life on TV that night. Right. And life is and life has become a spectator sport. Right. So, you know, never 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 let the zombies convince you that it's not all right to be awake, right? And that's right. and that's what's happening a lot of times in our, in our culture. And so, but you know, look, I I Live around and work with some of the most influential, awesome people in the world, and there's just sparks of life and and motivation and enthusiasm everywhere in people now. And so, yeah. you know, that's the world is changing. Like you can be exactly who you want to be, and and kind of step into your power um, and start a YouTube channel and become famous for it and become a millionaire for it. I mean, there's a lot of things that are different now, and so people who are stuck in that that kind of uh, framework. Just need to look outside those bumpers a little bit. Sure, and it's
0: but I mean it's it's still kind of like the you know the the free range chickens or whatever that are raised in a barn in the darkness, mm-hmm. and then they're like, well, we open up the door every day, you know, but they don't want to go outside right. because it's scary. Right. <laughs> they don't understand. Right. So yeah. so for folks like the the potential you know free range chickens or you know pseudo free range chickens of, of humans out there, like what are some things that you suggest to people? To actually get out of the barn, you know, how do you actually develop a, a functional movement practice that's going to serve you for the rest of your life?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, specifically, if you mean by functional movement, that that helps narrow the field because I was going to say <laughs> a lot of things you could do to get out of the barn. Right. Um, I look. I, depending on where you're at, because some people have some serious injuries that need professional help, and I want to be mindful of that. There's some great physical therapists, there's some great orthopedic surgeons. There's, you know, there there are qualified. It's not easy being a doctor nowadays. You know, it's like you want to help people, and you know the 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 bad guys are getting more business because they're willing to like you know morally compromise. But I know lots of very very good doctors and physicians and physical therapists, and so if you're actually in effect, injured. Um, I think that it's um, more than appropriate to seek out professional help. Rolfing is great. Feldenkrais is great. You know, yoga is great. But if you're doing yoga, um, in one of these hot like let's play some music and like feel cool about ourselves type of yoga room right. um, you could injure yourself if you go in there with some weaknesses right and so you know every just because something just you know you could choke to death on a green smoothie it's it's just because it's good for you doesn't mean good for one it doesn't mean it's good for you right and so you know i i highly recommend you know and, and there's the the functional movement screening and all the kind of things that, that are kind of standard out there in the corporate world which is you know can you do a clean overhead squat. Right. You know, Can you touch your toes? Where are you strong? Where are you weak? And so just get some like relative um, disparity in like body strength and balance. And then work on resolving that over the next two, three months. That way you could find that everything else you do kind of works, right. right? But if you don't address it and you decide to suddenly like, you know what? I'm tired of myself. I'm tired of my life. I'm tired of this and I'm going to run a marathon. Right. And then you start training for this thing and just putting those miles in and pounding it into your spine and your knees and your neck and everywhere else that you're misaligned. Right. It's, you know, look, you might actually successfully get the marathon done, but you're going to be depressed and on Advil for the rest of your life. So, you know, how can you run that marathon um, without punishing yourself? I think is the most important question to ask. Yeah. So, Can you kind of break down a little bit the perspective of a Chinese
0: medical doctor versus a Western medical doctor? Like, what's that like?
1: Yeah, Um, I mean, there's also, like, different schools of thought, so, you know, I I, I would be very, um, I would be remiss to say, like, oh, this is what Chinese doctors think about. It It, it, it happens to be a huge thing, right? And there's all sorts of specialties and all that. But the fundamental um, premise is that the body has the capacity to heal on its own if you help get yourself out of the way. So finding places where your energy and your blood are not flowing and, you know, helping induce that 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 flow and simultaneously helping increase the body's ability to move this special world word called chi, which is vital energy. And the more you help Get that impedance or that blockage of that vital chi removed from the body. The more life there is in that system of that body, and the more that person is abundantly, you know, alive and thriving. Yeah. And so it's a it's a vitalistic versus a mechanistic view of reality and the body, and it's tied in with nature and the flow of kind of the the, the influences of nature, whereas. Um, and again, it, it, this is an over over generalization because there's many forms of Western medicine. Um, but I think the the one that is often alluded to is allo, allopathy, which is kind of what is the predominant um, uh, meme out there now, which really kind of spawned from battlefield medicine, hmm. which was uh oh you know, Bernie got shot. What do we got to do? Tourniquet, raise it up, bring down inflammation, stop the body from, you know, doing what it's doing and fight infection, right? Yeah. So we got really good at antibiotics and steroids and surgery. And that kind of, you know, uh, that that was great. I mean, look, you know, if I get shot, that's the first place I'm going. But the, um, the essence of how that kind of spilled over To all of the other kind of multifaceted lifestyle parameters that have to do far more with what we eat, how we eat, how we deal with stress, whether we're sleeping, how the body's immune system is recovering, and all all, all the kinds of things that we're seeing now kind of roll into modern lifestyle diseases. Um, I think that the allopathic model, as we've seen since, like, you know, the Leave it to Beaver days, has been woefully... um, uh, unprepared. Mm. And I just think that it was it was it was the wrong world view and now there's this whole kind of functional medicine renaissance that's happening where really great allopathic doctors are coming together with Chinese doctors and, and chiropractors and whoever else just you know wants to read a book and, and, and stop getting spoon fed data from the pharmaceutical companies and they're realizing there's all kinds of wonderful things we can do to keep people healthy and support the body's natural systems and all sorts of stuff that are far more integrative in approach. So it, it's it's a really really cool time to be alive because medicine is definitely going through a renaissance. Yeah, people are starting to accept that. You know, we're starting to accept like, oh wow. You know, people are
0: consuming a ton of depression medication, and diabetes is going through the roof. And wow, there's a lot of
1: fat people around here. Something might be off. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Well, it's it's not. If, it's not if you're looking at the quarter quarterly returns of Merck. You know what I mean? Right. Like the the, the market driven consumer behavior um, that creates. You know, kind of like doctor scripted, um, you know, followers and also certain addictive, you know, cycles and qualities. I mean, that's a great business model for a company that could give a damn, right? Um, And not to say that Merck doesn't give a damn about their people, but that business model, I think, is fundamentally flawed. And so looking at how to step in and intervene and not need to play that game. I think that's the conversation that we're having now, and I think that's the conversation that'll roll into the next decade and really kind of determine how we play this this game on our planet.
0: Yeah, my sense is that the leaders of the pharmaceutical industry are believe that they're making a, a positive difference, and my sense is that you know I might I could be way off, on that I might be way too optimistic, but my sense is that when you get you know inculcated, when you get inundated into that that society. You know, and where everyone—it's the power of group think. You know, everyone is saying this one thing. That's the only opinion you get. And then you have the random, crazy tinfoil hat-wear people. You know, that would be like me. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe I'm not sure. You know, but where it's like, they're like, oh no, what they're saying is just crazy because they're not a part of that. They're not synchronized with that group. You know, so I think their intentions
1: probably are good. Not always. I mean, I've met, I met. People that I thought were dark, but you know, okay. I think predominantly, you know, ninety-five percent of the people that are working in those companies really mean well, and they're just not questioning. I mean, I bet you there were some really nice guys acting as uh, prison guards at Auschwitz, not really even thinking about what the hell they were involved in, right? Right. Yeah. And and maybe they were even siloed so far away that they didn't really get that they were executing these people or, or whatever. But you know, people can very easily get kind of drawn into a model that goes unquestioned and then work there their whole career only to wake up one day unfulfilled and be like, what have I done? Right. So I think that this is a problem with our capitalistic model. I'm a big fan of the Benefit Corp and B Corps are, I think, on the rise for a reason because in the old days, when the um, king or the queen of England would grant a charter for a corporation, um, they thought about what kind of benefit this company had for society. And if they granted that charter, then that corporation got rights like an individual. Uh, we had this revolutionary war. We said, enough with you guys. But somehow that corporate law kind of snuck into our law here in the United States. And then. Um, we kind of got rid of the, the, the righteous observer. And so in the late 1800s, we're like, yeah, whatever, any, anyone could be a corporation. And the corporation tends to take whatever externalities there are and push them onto the commons. So it's like if I have a coal plant, then you know I do this thing and I you know burn the coal and make energy and all the pollution that goes in the air. Well, that's society's problem. You know, the taxpayer could pay for that. Right. And so I think you know these pharmaceuticals are doing great within their own little like micro universes. But looking at the fallout on society and 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 all the problems that it's causing, well, that that's technically not their problem on a, on a capitalistic kind of like balance sheet. Right. And it's become society's problem. And now this conversation has come kind of come full circle. And you know, this is we can't we can't avoid addressing this conversation anymore. Right, yeah. And the the best way to make a difference is by voting with your dollars,
0: you know, so that by developing your awareness of, you know, wow, like health is pretty much free. You know, it's like start a garden, go outside a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. the things that are really going to get your system percolating, they don't cost very much, you know? And there's another, another thing I was, I forget what the pesticide was exactly, but they were, they were, they were uh, exposing these rats to this pesticide and the, the rats they were exposing to the pesticide. Would you get fat? You know, they and they were cutting their calories in half. They were still fat. They were just holding on to this adipose. They like couldn't figure it out. And then the other rats that weren't exposed to it, they're doubling their food. They're doing all this stuff, and they're just running. And they're like, they, nothing really happened
1: to them. Right, right. Fancy that. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was that was kind of like the 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 central premise of my um, second movie, um, where you know, what if the smoking gun is all this crap? That we've added to our environment, right. then there is no one thing you can point to because all of these things kind of make it suck, right? Like the body just gets overwhelmed in its detox pathways and it can't function the same way. And when the body is loaded with toxins that it does not know how to excrete, it has to. Store them away so that they're at least safe and out of kind of like harm's way, uh, or out of the way of you know your nervous system or kind of vital organs. So guess where they go? Usually in the fat tissue right. or the bone. Right. So we're storing toxins in our fat, and we're breathing those toxins in. We're absorbing them through our skin. We're eating them with our processed foods, and all of a sudden it's like I, I don't understand why everyone's fat. I don't understand why everyone's you know. So you start looking at all the chem- chemical additives. And there's a huge smoking gun and it's all around us. So, you know, for me that is the the blowing of a bugle for the conscious consumer to just only buy things that are organic right. and only support companies that, you know, are committed to not polluting and destroying our planet right. and in doing so we can make the world a better place within a single generation by voting with our dollars
0: yeah yeah I mean it's, it's really challenging to make a, a fish healthy if he's living in a toxic pool you know yep. and then, but we don't we don't realize what's happening because it's like a fish doesn't know it's in water a bird doesn't know it's in air you know, we. If you grow up in a society, if you grow up in LA, you know, and it's like you're just breathing pollution. It's just a normal that's thing. It. You know, There's no. It's like this is normal, bud. Like, where do you get out of here with your, you know, fancy ideas?
1: Like, this is this is life. That's how we roll. That's yeah. That's how we roll. Yeah. But <laughs> if you if you if you see a fish that's getting mercury toxicity, right? Um, what is that coming from? It's coming from usually uh, coal powered power uh, power plants. In China, they're dumping mercury into the oceans and the mercury's getting in the atmosphere and it's coming down. And so you can say, oh, well, it's those Chinese. Well, go look at those Steve Madden shoes you just bought or that dumb toy for your kid at Toys R Us. Where is it all made? right? We are the global consumer buying the stuff that China is making for us and we don't want less of the stuff but we're happy to blame China for being some global polluter. That's not fair, Right. right? So what are you doing for renewable energy? What are you doing to not buy plastic garbage for your house and your family and how are you a part of the solution, not the problem? Every single one of us has to think that and then The solutions are are right in front of us. There's companies doing the right thing everywhere. And you know what? I have thousands of patients that we've been able to uh, make better in a very uh, rapid and uh, transformative way by detoxing and cleaning up their diet and getting all the junk out of their environment. And suddenly, guess what? Health works again. Right.
0: Yeah. And it, we also need to recognize, and I feel like this conversation's been had many, many times. So I don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole of it. But we need to recognize that the, the chemicals that we're taking in or the pills the medications, whatever it is, it doesn't stop at our mouth. You know, it ends up in our butt and then out into the toilet, then into the water, then the fish are eating that. And, you know, and then all the algae and everything is processing that, which that's actually a good thing. But our environment turns into this. And then it's yeah. a feedback loop back into us, you know, so that the sooner that we as as individuals are able to make more conscious decisions, the sooner we start to create a shift. But we need things like, we need shows like yours, you know, we need shows like this, we need people able to express this stuff and really, you know, be able to, to to kind of sway the times. I think it's, it's, it's interesting when you you think about like, you know, the folks like in Auschwitz and such, and, you know, they go home to their puppies and their families and they're probably again, these loving, sweet people. And then they're going and cutting people's heads off. You know, it's like to be able to create that separation. It's a very impressive human trait, right? And we're able to do that in ourselves, as well which is very interesting where we're very sweet loving human beings but then oftentimes are hurting ourselves you know we're eating this thing we're smoking this thing we're taking in this whatever we're having this toxic relationship we know it's bad you know and I think it's it's an interesting thing to think of yourself as a baby You know, like take care of your baby, which is you, you know, Mm -hmm. would you let your baby eat that? Would you let your baby hang out with those people? Would you, you know, I think it's very, Mm -hmm. you know, starting to really take care of yourself as though you're somebody else, you know? And I think that's a really, it's an interesting thing that we're able to create that separation. So at an individual level, how does one, I think she is a kind of, for a lot of people, it's a very nebulous Word or subject, like how how do people are there some actionable steps that people can hang on to as far as developing that?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, buy organic and start a garden straight up. I mean, that's you can say, oh, it's more expensive, but how many nights a week do you eat out? Um, What's your cable bill like? Cancel it, right? I mean, look (laughs) at where you're spending money on things that don't actually serve you and replace that with good clean quality food and there's a lot of ways to do that on a budget you know environmental working group has a great database for you know food on a budget like healthy food on a budget i mean lentils are great you know what i mean and and finding different foods that can help support you in that and then finding your recreation to be things that that involve movement i mean back in the day when i was running my big kind of medical group and all this kind of stuff i got kind of caught into the whole like good old boys club and I had these guys that we'd meet, you know, once a week and, you know, get dinner and drinks and just kinda like socialize and you know, here we are, you know, in our twenties and we're making money and we're so cool. And then we all put on fifteen pounds, right? And so finally I was like, guys, I like I like hanging out with you. The greasy food and the drinks, whatever, right? That's just what we do when we're together. Why don't we just take this to the gym? And so we all just started going to the gym together instead and we get like some, you know, some healthy food and we worked out together and hung out and it was just hanging with the same guys maybe like two of them fell off because they didn't want to let go of the self-sabotage and the rest of us you know dropped the weight got muscular and you know and just kept going yeah and so you know looking at all those little habits and kind of you know hacking your environment to just have healthy solutions and options and alternatives for the things that you're doing that that don't serve you I think is the first first stop on on this journey
0: awesome yeah. And so that comes down to self-awareness, you know, and so being able to see if you have a really clean apron, as soon as you get a little mustard stain on there, oh dear God, I have a mustard stain on my apron. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to get this thing cleaned. Yep. You know, but if your apron is filled with stuff, another mustard stain means nothing. You can get a blood stain on there. Any, it doesn't matter. It's just another part of the collage. You know, yeah. So so starting to really strip away some of the crap that we've had in our system, I think that's a really crucial component.
1: Yep. And and it's not that hard. I mean, if you were to just go two weeks with no grains and no dairy, mm. um, chances are you'd start feeling exponentially better, right? Um, and then from there, you know, i you know, there's a ton of liver detoxes out there. I love you know, detoxing toxic people because suddenly they feel like they lost 30 pounds of spiritual weight. You know what I mean? It's like all of these things, these this kind of like bad moods and like icky feelings and like I don't want to do that and I'm pessimistic and all this kind of stuff tends to start to diminish and, and or just go away when you help body do what it's been trying to do which is like, hey dummy, help me get rid of this. Right? right? And it's not that hard. I mean, I'm not talking about like Preaching to the choir here, I mean, I deal with normal people every day of my life. And normal people with normal jobs and normal, you know, burdens and families and all this kind of stuff radically transform their lives. And they don't have to go dress like they do yoga or get a yin yang tattoo or get any, you know, get weird or change their identity. They just stop poisoning themselves and suddenly life is better. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think that that comes into, you know, the thought of like career path, you know, or people you're hanging out with. You say spiritual way. That is beautiful, you know, because I think that it's an interesting thing. You know, I feel obviously there's genetic stuff and there's, you know, a lot of things going on with, you know, fat people versus thin people, you know. But I think that there is another piece to this that, you know, I'm in the realm of thin person and I feel called to move my ass all day. You know, it was like, what is that? Like how, I, I don't take any responsibility for that because it's just a product of my environment and, you know, whatever the stimuli was to make me feel that way. But, right. you know, I think at a, at a human level or at a spiritual level or whatever you want to call it at a deeper level, it's what are the, how do we tap into that? You know, you can put a lipstick on a pig, you know, but until you get into the, what's happening with the pig itself, you're still just putting superficial topical ointment on top of
1: it. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, I call it energy economics. And a lot of people in our society have a ton of energy that they're complaining about because unlike running around like you all day, they're wearing it on their hips or on their asses, right? Right, right, right? And so the body doesn't know what to do with that energy and it stores it as fat. And so I actually see that as a tremendous opportunity. It's like, look at all this energy you got to your <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, right. this is awesome. You're rich. You know what I mean? And so, you know, it's, it's just a framework for saying, let's figure out where your body and your mind are stuck in this energy economics so that we can turn it over and get you to burn fat yeah more efficiently and then you will just you'll start cranking like a bellows i mean this thing this the engine will come back on it might take a while i mean you got 100 pounds on you right. you know it's not happening overnight and if someone tells you it is run away cuz they're just they just want your money yeah, right exactly. and and so the the reality is once you turn that in, equation uh, to work for you, then you're constantly going to be burning fat and eventually you'll be a skinny person still burning fat and you'll have energy and clarity. Now what gets in the way of that oftentimes is orthopedic issues, which keeps you from moving. What gets in the way of that is toxicity, which keeps your body like There's actually a mechanism where if I have all these toxins stored in my fat cells and then I decide that's it, I'm going Jenny Craig, I'm doing boot camp, I'm doing whatever it is and I start burning off fat. then All of those toxins that are in my fat cells get released because those fat cells are getting burned. And guess where they go? They're in the blood. And then the body says, hey, wait a minute, suddenly we're toxic. And so it doesn't know what to do with it. Your liver isn't good at detoxing because it's been overwhelmed. So it signals the thyroid gland and it says, hey, do me a favor and slow down and store some fat because I need a place to put these toxins. And then all of a sudden, you have that yo yo weight loss, weight gain. And so, a lot of people are trying to lose weight. They're not actually fat, they're toxic. And so, that's one of the kind of key unlocks to getting out of your own way is again, it's like, what, you know, look under your kitchen sink. What are all those chemicals? Right. Do you think your body, if you can't pronounce it, do you think your body, over its cellular, uh, you know, kind of genetic uh, evolutionary arc over the last couple million years, whether you believe in creation or we came from a blob, we still have developed and evolved on this planet with natural substances that our body can either recognize or not recognize. Now you take a paraben with, like, you know, some weird methyl chain and some weird, like, you know, uh, hydrocarbon chain attached to it, and you throw it at the body, it's like, I-, I don't even know what this is. Right. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Right. You know, I'm stuck. Right. Yeah. And so, guess what's
0: going on? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was Buckminster Fuller that, that coined the term uh, Earth spaceship. And, you know, it's like thinking about that, that's like kind of more environmental thing. We're all on this ship. We got to keep it clean and all that. But I think what we've done is, as humans at a, at a micro level is we've put ourselves in these little human spacesuits. You know, it's like now I can't go outside because I'm in central air all day, you know. And so anytime I'm either too hot or too cold or, you know, we. it's like, oh, if I do go outside, the sun's really dangerous. So I need to cover myself in chemicals, you know. It's like the the thicker we make this human space suit, the more atrophied everything, you know, all of our our physiology becomes because it doesn't need to work anymore.
1: And if you look at it on a spiritual level, the quickest way to pull a species away from its power is to pull it out of its natural environment and have it be lost and scrambled. Wow. And so if I was running um, a fascist dictatorship, I wouldn't want people thinking for themselves. If I wanted people addicted to my drugs, I wouldn't want people to think for themselves. If I you know, needed uh, a, a, a vote towards a certain thing, I would want that tendency to be there. So I'm not saying that there's some big like puppeteer doing this, Mm -hmm. but what I'm saying is it's terribly, terribly convenient to have people be disempowered and vote the way you tell them to vote other than to be vibrantly alive and awake and, and say, hey, wait a minute, we have enough technology to put solar panels in the Mojave Desert of California and... The entire United States on renewable, pollution free energy. Why are we fighting wars in the Middle East? Right. Right? And then you start looking at like these arcs of, you know, petroleum companies that have invested in this stuff and still they got 30, 60, 100 years of returns that are on their books that they're still banking on for the, for like, you know, a return on investment. And they're just like, dude, we can't do that. You know, we we lose a lot of money. And I get it. I get as a business person, I'm like, I get where they're coming from. But this is a conversation that needs to happen globally so that we can change that because that's not cool. I mean, I want my grandchildren to know what a tree looks like. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, you know, that separation between humanness, which is nature, and modern humanness, which is separation from nature. The other day I was out for a, a hike and I was thinking about the difference between walking on nature and walking in and with nature. You know, and I think that that's a really, really, it's a huge thing that, you know, a lot of people might be like, that's just ridiculous. But I think you probably get that, you know, that the, the, there's a there's a grand difference between having your headphones cranked up, you know, and having your Red Bull and have your and just smashing versus yep. taking your headphones off, listening. Breathing, you know, sensing what's happening out there. Can you survive in nature? You know, like, is that something, or are you completely separated from that? Because if you are, there will be inherent friction in the system. Is that does that make sense? We're just to you? we're just
1: big dumb animals. I mean, I, I go <laughs> tra- I go trail running around here, and I go find you know places where I just sit down and meditate and do my thing. And there's all these like people that are just walking and talking so loud. Right. Could, they could be anywhere it doesn't matter they're going hiking because it's cool to say they went hiking right? right um but they're just they're just in their same world talking about their worldly problems not paying attention to anything and I'll, I'll like i'll literally like sit there and be like oh wow coyote and i'll just watch that coyote and what it's doing and i'll just see this like loud group of people just plow right through mm. startle off all the animals stomp on anything and they're just they're not they 're on nature they're not in nature right and so that that fundamental shift is you know we look at most of the cultures on this planet except the West, don't have in their creation myth that they got ejected from the garden. They all still live in the garden <laughs> right. like I what, what do we do wrong? like how did that story turn like why are we so so out of sorts with the world that we come from and so i think that that's that's something we need to look at right is you know everyone else looks at themselves as the stewards of the environment and we're just sitting here just like you know cut it down man right we need them all
0: yeah yeah alan watts has a great quote where he says uh, you know we, we think that we came into this world but we actually are a product of this world you know, mm. we grew from the rocks, <laughs> you know? mm. mm-hmm. and we think that like a stork, you know, I think most adults still kind of feel like a stork just dropped you off from heaven or whatever it is. And here you are to occupy the space. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that, that that's, you know, it's, if you look at like music, you know, musical notes, when you have resonating frequencies, you have this beautiful sound. When you have one frequencies here, one frequencies here,
1: you create cacophony. I think that's what we're doing. Yep, and you know it's it's not it's not easy because now we're treading on some delicate um, some delicate terrain, and I don't care. I go here all the time, yeah. but it's you know even if you believe that your breath of life, or God breathed your spirit into this emb- embryo that came into this world. You're still in a relationship with the rocks and the minerals and the elements that assembled the body that housed the spirit. So then it is still a profound interaction between you and this Earth of which you, know, you have used to make yourself and assemble your body. And so you know, I just you, know, e- either whether you're a creationist or a, a biological atheist, it's pretty damn cool how we are here and it's pretty obvious that we did come at least in the flesh from this earth and it seems like a pretty bad idea to choke her out and poison her and now we're seeing it in our health crisis all over the place because we're choking and poisoning ourselves you know oh my god i can't believe we're so sick right you know it's just it's just like a big duh
0: <laughs> right totally so Fire, brimstone aside, you know, like there is... It's not just like everything sucks and this is where it's at and it just sucks. You know, it's like we've made some rough decisions and we can make better decisions. It's just a matter of starting. You know, one of the things I think is so important, you know, everything in our world, we've, we were, for whatever reason, attached to making the circular be square. You know, making mm-hmm. everything that would be round, it has to be a line. You know, and it's very interesting when you... Even when you look at food... Like three square
1: meals a day. What
0: the hell is that? (laughs) Right, right.
1: It's a a frame of mind. It's a very (laughs) masculine frame of mind. And there's actually a a point in our history when that started to become much more dominant. And it was kind of like heralded in by the burning of the the Library of Alexandria and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of the killing of Hypatia, who was this famous elder Woman who was in charge of the library and was like a, a spiritual leader at the time, and the you know the church leaders thought that she was dangerous, and they called her a witch, and they burned her, and she was just a really clear-thinking, awesome person, and so there was this real kind of attack on femininity. That happened historically, and I still think we live under um, some of those shackles. And you know, the feminine principles of you know caring for the earth and not cutting down all the trees. I mean, that's what the woman told the men. They'd go out and hunt, and they'd be like, "Okay, stop killing. We have enough food, right? right? Come back." Right. Let's hang out. Let's make love. Let's make babies. Right. And, and and so that that kind of perspective has been lost, and in losing that perspective, I, th- I still think that we're in um a, a shadow of that of that era, yeah. where we're trying to figure out how to be not looking at our fundamental belief systems and the core kind of operating system that's led us to behave this way on the planet. Mm.
0: Awesome. So we're running low in time. So I want to. There, there's one thing that I wanted to uh, get into that you had mentioned, and I started ranting about something else. Was so when we are in a toxic place, you know, our blood is is toxic. Can you break down a little bit, like what that is, and how do we
1: detoxify? Yeah. I mean, do you mean uh, your environment? Or do you mean your body? Body, I got body, 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 body. 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 Yeah. Well, first things first, just you need leafy green vegetables, you need vegetables of all colors, Mm. and just start taking in foods that are higher in phytonutrients and fiber and water. Um, and stop taking things that are laden in pesticides. So you got to stop the bleeding. I can't, you know, I can't detox you if you're gonna eat Frito Lay's and, and take my detox pills, right? Like it just right. that that's not how that works. Right. Then um, I think that there's some really good nutraceutical support out there that helps with phase one and phase two liver detoxification. Uh, there's a number of companies that have good products, so you know I'm, I'm happy to give you links and stuff. But you know, okay. um, uh, you know, that's I think important because the body doesn't know what to do with them. Then open up other detox pathways like sweat, uh, making sure that your bowels are moving because you know, if the liver's pulling it out, where's it going? It's got to come out through the stool predominantly, right? And so those are all kind of fundamental pieces to this equation that need to be worked out um, so that your body is letting go of the bad and you're not putting any more bad in there. And then you say, oh, I'm, star- I'm starving, I'm starving. Usually that revolves around you know eating um, too few fat calories from good sources and so if you're eating healthy fats and doing things to detox your liver and detox your gut, um, you will start feeling better. You will start having more energy. You'll start burning off the fat and feeling more clear because you'll have some like ketones going up to your brain and as your body starts clearing this stuff, your skin starts looking better, people say, hey, what are you doing right and um, you have a choice. You can say, okay, that was enough. Now I'll just kind of stay half toxic or you just turn it into a way of life and live an awesome, fulfilled, adventure-filled, amazing life of purpose where you stop getting in your own way and stop letting the toxic people convince you that that's the norm.
0: Awesome. And so you are a a Taoist priest. Is that right? I I am. That's great. Uh, do Do you see... I guess do you do you see any any congruencies between you know Tao and between Chinese medicine and in relation to our Western culture or is it totally like black and white cookie?
1: You know, it's come a long way. I mean, I grew up in the West. I, You know, I do believe in God and I have, you know, been around the block. And so, you know, I'm certainly not a traditionalist dude, right? Um, I am a fil- philosophically, I'm very attuned with Taoism because it means balance and um, our ability to kind of coexist with nature on this planet. And it's just cool. I think we're fundamentally imbalanced. So uh, it has to... Apply fundamentally to the West just as well, um, and so I and I think that's what's happening now is we are starting to come to balance. There's all these movements here that are like, hey, you know, maybe that was a bad idea, right? And, and so those are things that are happening. There's a huge naturalist movement in the West, much more so than there is in China. I mean, China is turning into a big ashtray, mm. and so there's um, a very interesting and relevant conversation that's coming as these kind of global philosophies are cross-pollinating uh, with different people and populations. And I think that this is just the beginning. It's, it's the beginning of a very interesting time in human history where we're going to re-examine how we do what we do so that we could coexist and stop fighting wars over resources that we don't need to burn and you know, all, all that stuff, right, without getting, going down that rabbit hole. Is, it's a very exciting time to bring balance to um, the force. Awesome man, cool man.
0: I could talk to you all day, but um, you know it's Labor Day. You gotta, you gotta go. Know, <laughs> whatever you do on Labor Day, um, so, Yeah, you gotta go. You gotta go to work, man. Yeah. Oh, so you gotta go work. Right. What's, yeah. So, where do people find find you? Your website is a, a wealth of knowledge. Your documentaries, the vitality and origins. That's just awesome. I think everyone should go, and
1: you can check that out for free as well, right? Uh, it depends on the time of year. Um, you know, it's just to, it, like Vitality's on Netflix and iTunes and stuff right now. Origins goes there, and then we have little windows where we do free screenings. But um, uh, right now, the time of recording, we're in the middle one. Awesome. So yeah, um, and uh, yeah. So well org is. Neighborhood. It's where where I'm the founder and CEO, and so that's my my um, very active kind of global philanthropy meets health life. And my new brand um, around the book that I'm launching this February is called the Urban Monk, and that's um, that's been really fun because I get to you know speak the way I speak and um, just kind of um, have these conversations all the time.
0: Awesome, man. Well, thanks for bringing the conversation here. Really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me. It was fun.
0: Awesome podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I greatly appreciate your comments and your shares in iTunes. They determine the ranking and the visibility of the show and they make me smile. So I look forward to reading those guys. Be sure to check out the website aligntherapy.com that's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com on there you can find my blog, you can find this podcast, more information about the topics and the the, uh, guests that we've had on the show you can find hundreds of absolutely free